Ultra. Hello, Oncers. Timers? Once upon a timers? Anyways, welcome to Beyond Geek by Night, where we'll be discussing each episode of the Geek by Night podcast leading up to the series finale. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the sixth story arc, Identity Crisis. So get ready for the level three of the simulator, because we're about to go Beyond Geek by Night. I'm your host, Matt Bennett. And here is our awesome panel. I am joined today by creator and executive producer, Scott Corelli. Hi, everybody. Director of Identity Crisis and voice of Gwen Allen, Ray Russo. Hello. Voice of Mindy Gibson, Morgan Spencer. Hey, what's up? Voice of Elliot Markowitz, Matt Mosel. Hi. And voice of Madison Powers, Natalie Van Sisting. Hey. So just to recap, in this story arc, Identity Crisis, comprising episodes 21 through 24, Mindy is having an identity crisis. She quits the underdogs to focus on her schoolwork and her sorority. After a strange occurrence with students having their energy sapped from them, Simon and Mindy find out that their original suspect, Anita Chen, is not responsible. Meanwhile, Elliot binges... Once upon a time, with the ever-so-subtle Margaret in an attempt to move on from Gretchen, while Gwen and Victor hack into Lorelai's server to find out what she's hiding. Mindy and Simon are adorable and attend a party where it's revealed that Madison Powers is in fact the one responsible for the recent events. A conflict ensues, and Mindy and Anita are able to stop Madison and safely apprehend her. Mindy decides to rejoin the underdogs. Elliot comes to his senses and ditches Margaret. Gwen and Victor find out what Lorelai knows about Gretchen, despite Lorelai thinking that she erased Victor's memory. Madison is held captive in Lorelai's complex, and the mysterious woman recruits another member in the form of Anita Chen. All right. A lot happens Welcome, in this everybody. episode. Jeez. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. to this. <laughs> um, so I always like to start out these episodes by talking to the people who have not yet been on a discussion podcast about how they got involved with Geek by Night and, and when they got involved. So I figured we'd start with you, Matt. Just tell us your journey for uh, how, how, how your road led to Geek by Night. Oh, man. Well, that means pretty much talking about when I met Scott. That's when it happened. Uh, Scott, when did I meet you? Is that like I don't I don't remember meeting you. I just remember you just suddenly existing in my life. (laughs) That's that's not in my memory. I don't like I don't remember your audition for Cupid Division. Mm. Did you audition? Yeah, I I remember. I showed up and I said some things. Okay. And then usually how auditions work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. So yeah, just that relationship with Scott and <laughs> I was going to be moving to Kansas City and he had to want to be, be, be involved with uh, Geek by Night. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. And being an audio series, you know, didn't have to show up in person or anything. So it seemed like one of the perfect ways to stay connected and still do some acting no matter where I ended up moving to. Had you done voice acting before joining Geek by Night? No. None. Mm. 
<laughs> that's pretty cool. I actually, a lot of people say that. So I, I think that's really interesting. Uh, what about you, Morgan? How did you end up on Kikmanai as Mindy? Um, well, also, I met Scott as well as Matt doing the Cupid division. Um, and that's actually the first screen film thing I'd ever done, which mm-hmm. I would say is my main passion. Um, but I just showed up to this random guy's apartment to do a, <laughs> <laughs> like a screen test, I guess. And do you remember my audition, Scott? I do remember yours because your your yours was the same time as Adam, right? Like you guys were yeah. there together, yeah. I think. With, yeah. Oh yeah, with Matt. Now I remember. Matt was it was the <laughs> three of you guys, I think. Um, I, like you all, I think you all did the screen test together, and you were, and then I cast you all together, and it was callbacks, I think, for you and Matt. But Adam, it was like the first time he had shown up to an audition. I think, if I remember correctly. This is so long ago. Yeah. So much has you were, happened. You were a baby. Yeah, and I didn't know right? how much of a baby you were, but you were a, you were a child. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like <laughs> I was maybe in, it was like my last year of high school. Yeah, it was. I was about to graduate high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Scott asked me to do Geek by Night, which is like the coolest thing ever. How could I say no to that? But first and only audio thing I've ever done. Um. And yeah, here I am. I guess. <laughs> if it awesome. wasn't for that short film, Cuba Division, like this I show, wouldn't... the reboot wouldn't exist. Like, yeah. it was like mm-hmm. they, these these guys, these two specifically, Matt and and Morgan, were like, I I you know, working with them on Cuba Division, I was like, oh my god, they would be the perfect Elliot and and Mindy if I ever brought yeah. that show back. Wow. And then I was like, you know what? They're so good. I have to bring the show back. You have to. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that you did. I'm so yeah. glad that you did. I love bragging to people about Geek by Night. Um, <laughs> so I'm happy to talk to everybody today. But yeah. Um, and that's how I, I mean, that's how I met like my core best friends, I would say, is doing Cupid Division or that like led me to everybody else, you know? Hmm. Um, yeah, it was so long ago, man. But 2012 was it 2012 holy shit 2013 <laughs> see, like after that. 2020 it seems like no time could have existed before this it's yeah. just 2020 has been seven years long yeah so. it has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and natalie what about you yeah um i am i was trying to think i think i saw a casting call on tumblr I, that sounds I think right. was, was where I, I came across it. Uh, I, I had just graduated from college around that time and I had come home to work cause I couldn't find a job in Chicago at the time. <laughs> and so I was just looking for any voice voiceover, voiceover opportunities. Uh, it's fortunately gotten to the point where it's my day job now, but at that point I was still working part time. And so I was just looking for anything that would work out. And I was like, oh, cool, another audio drama. And I would love to audition for those. I've been doing like audio drama podcasting since 2009. So I was just like, yes, anything else I can get involved with. That sounds great. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I always like asking people that just because it feels like everybody has a different story leading up to how they got involved in the show because we have actors in other countries and people all over the place working on it. So, um I always like to hear about that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've got a couple of the the underdogs here, and 
I, I think that's really cool. So I want to kind of dive into some of the main characters, particularly with uh, Mindy and Elliot sort of being at the center of this episode. So uh, I'm going to go to Matt and Morgan and ask you, in what ways are you most similar or most different from your character? Um, let's start with you, Morgan. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel super similar to Mindy sometimes, just in the sense that she, like, like just, okay, identity crisis type of thing. Like, she, I feel like, is, um, like, naturally really good at some things in her life. And, like, not knowing exactly which group that she can conform to, because she's kind of, like on the ends with all of them. Um, like being a sorority girl, it's so funny because she doesn't really fit in with any of the other sorority, what would you call them, sisters? God, I mean, more, okay, so Morgan's different because I didn't even go to college. I have no idea the first thing about college or a sorority or fraternity or whatever, but um, she's kind of a head case, Mindy, sometimes, which I totally relate to. <laughs> um but she finds a way to like pull through because she has the tools, you know? Um, yeah. Like there's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mindy's like a, like a more aggro version of you. I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of, uh, that's why I knew that you would be perfect for it because. Yeah. You know, Scott I knows was... me so well. So yes, please, please tell the, <laughs> yeah. the listeners. <laughs> well, no, I just, Morgan. I, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I, that's why I knew that you would be perfect for it is because I think you, you definitely have a lot of Mindy. I think Mindy's like, you know, like I said, more aggro and a little more, um, high strung than you are but I, then again i've seen you high strung and then you're just like mindy like exactly you know. that's <laughs> relatable yeah depends on the day i guess matt if if i am mindy or not or morgan or mindy or <laughs> uh what about you matt are you elliot yeah i thought about this <laughs> um i would say i feel like elliot really where we share similar thing is like we both thrive in like a certain energy or a certain where we have a certain amount. We feel like we have a certain amount of control or understanding what's going on, but that's not the reality. So it's a lot of forcibly being put out of our, out of our comfort zones, whether with the people around us, or the situation, and then trying to be like, Oh no. So <laughs> I definitely see that just with, with Ellie and me with, um, if I feel like someone has gone too far or things are getting a little out of hand or I don't know, I'm trying to try to put a stop to that as best I can. And um, yeah, but with that, with that, when put into like a corner, put into like a panic situation, then forced to improvise and forced to adapt. But it's just, it can be hard sometimes to make that transition. I guess it's really, really uncomfortable. So yeah, and Elliot goes through quite a lot. This episode, he was uh, in a pretty dark place. Um, yeah. After uh, yeah. seeing Gretchen during Ghost Story and all of that. so I just got chills. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, uh, yeah, was, that was intense. <laughs> um, Natalie, I want to get to you next because uh, Madison Powers is obviously uh, kind of the, the central villain of, of this story arc. Um, and even before we know she has powers, she's kind of a mean girl. Um, and I, I'm interested to know, like, had had you played uh, villainous or antagonist characters before? Is that something that you 
you like to do? Yeah, I, I get cast as that a lot. Uh, one <laughs> of my recurring jobs is, you know, those like really cheap point and click games mm-hmm. uh, that you or they're point and click find hidden objects games and they're they're usually based on like fairy tales or some kind of really easy cheap non uh royal you know royalty free idea uh i i do about one of those a month give or take sometimes multiples and i say about half the time you know they they send me a script and they say we need natalie literally they'll put we need natalie on the script and then there'll be either i'm either one of the villain characters or they will keep sending me these um, like exposition machine, like magical amulets that talk to you and tell you all the backstories. So I tend to play a lot of evil queen, evil fairy, evil, all kinds of stuff. So for me, evil characters tends to be a lot of my bread and butter, which is, is funny. And, uh, but I never get to do the mean girl stereotype. That was what I was so excited about with Madison okay. is no one ever hires me to do that. And I was so excited. <laughs> Because, yeah, before she's even revealed as a villain, she's just a regular person. I mean, mm-hmm. she's she and Mindy clash, but she's, you know, just like everybody else. So She's the Regina George. Oh, hell yeah. Very much oh, like the Regina, Regina George. George. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love the musical so much. I know. It's a, yes. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I was channeling probably a little more Charisma Carpenter than mm. Regina, but... Mm. Uh, I, yeah, definitely same energy though. <laughs> Sounds like you were right in your element with this. Oh yeah, it was very, <laughs> very <fun>. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's the antithesis of me, which is really hilarious. I have never been that person other than the, maybe the sheer determination to get something done. And, but that's, that's it's always fun to play something that's just totally out in left field. That'd be somebody are. else. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Ray, I've got a question for you because um, yes. this episode has some really, really uh, intricate scenes and sound effects. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of Mindy's powers, we can only hear, or um, you know, they're s- sometimes like re- recounted by other people or something like that. Um, I'm interested to know specifically about the the simulator room and with some of the superpower sound effects. Um, what goes into making something like that? Is it a lot of trial and error or do you, do you know exactly what actually, you want out of it? I am not actually the sound effects person. Um, so I, I really, I do, when I'm directing, I'm mostly putting together the dialogue mm-hmm. and okay. what gets layered in, I assume, by Tofty? Me. You. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Uh, well, then Scott takes everything I do and makes it pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scott, I'll ask you about the sound effects because I've got some other uh, directing stuff to ask after that. Okay, yeah. I mean, again, I mean, I've, I feel like I've, I've, ha- I've answered this question um, before, but, uh, I mean, you know, the, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know where the, where the sound effects come from. I don't know. I just try. I hear what I hear in my brain, and then I try to make that happen. Um, you know, whether that's recording something myself or combining sound effects I find on the internet or whatever. Um, I'm trying to uh, create whatever soundscape I'm hearing in my mind um, when I read the script or when I wrote the script and uh, uh, just trying to like 
make sense of it. And, and you know, it, it is hard. There's a balance that you have to have with audio drama because you don't want things to feel unnaturally exposition heavy um, where people are like, look at that person over there doing this thing. Um, you know, because you don't, you want, you, you want it to sound natural, but you also need people to know what's going on. So it's just a tricky balance of finding the right sound effects that tell the story without having characters have to say it in dialogue and also, you know, using dialogue to the best of your ability to, um, uh, help with telling the story. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's a difficult balance to get right. Um, but I mean, that really just goes back to the the scripting stage, and then a lot of trial and error in, uh, in the uh, audio design segment. Yeah. Yeah, and on the dialogue side, uh, this episode features a lot of really great Simon and Mindy scenes. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of development between the two of them in this episode and uh, in the Friends and Enemies arc after this. Uh, when did you know that you'd like to pair them up or was that just always the plan that that was always the plan because that's what happened organically in the last series uh the original series um re-airing now on patreon um <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it, so like that kind of happened naturally between those key two characters in that version of the show and then this version of the show i didn't want it to I wanted to know going in that that's what I, what I was aiming towards. So I kind of changed their characters ever so slightly to sort of point toward each other, even if, I don't know, I tried to make it feel as natural as possible. Hopefully it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it was forced or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I did have a, I had a heavy rewrite hand on all of their scenes in this episode, just because I wanted to make sure that their chemistry was just right. And what I, what I, what their relationship means to me, um, and, and, uh, uh, you know, what I see as their charisma, because I, I, I find the, the two of them as romantic characters, um, interesting because they're so opposite, but I think this episode, you know, they tell like some backstory and things. And I think you start to learn that they kind of fill in each other's gaps in a lot of ways, which to me, I think makes the best relationships, um, you know, uh, the whole opposites attract thing is a trope and it's not usually done properly. It's usually like this person's a stick in the mud and this person's showing them how to live. And like, that's it. That's, that's the opposites attract. Whereas I think it's more intricate than that. And I, and I wanted to have their relate their conversations in this episode really highlight how they kind of help each other uh, in, in different ways. Um, and, you know, you will see more of that as the series progresses, but this was kind of the first opportunity to really do that. And uh, so this episode means a lot to me from that perspective. So, Ray, Scott mentioned uh, the, the chemistry between Simon and Mindy, and um, they have quite a few uh, fun mm -hmm. scenes together in this episode. Uh, when you're putting together uh, those kind of like dialogue heavy, um, you know, developmental scenes between two different characters, what is your approach to something like that? Are you just like, do you have each actor's lines and then put them together? Is it more collaborative with the two of them? So from like a technical perspective, everyone, when they record their lines, they do it a couple of different ways. And since I have been around since the beginning and the, you know, blossoming Simon and Mindy relationship in the original just their chemistry together. Uh, 
I, I was a big shipper from way back when. <laughs> so I'm very invested in this relationship to begin with. But um, I also, I guess, like Scott and his sound effects, I have a feeling in my head of how it should sound. Mm-hmm. And then when I find the takes that hit that, uh, I put them together. Mm-hmm. If there isn't, and sometimes I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm listening to what the actors have you know, put forward and like, oh no, this is actually how it's supposed to go. But um, yeah, it's really that we do have a very, an endpoint that we're trying to get to. So we want, I want to use the takes that feel like they're building towards something important. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's what that's what directing is on this show because we don't get to do this in like a recording booth with like the whole cast. Um, I just we do that table read and I I give some pointers here and there. Um, I don't I don't do a lot of that. Just like when I when I can tell they're like totally thinking on a different lane than what they should be, and I have to like you know just uh, go be on this road and then and then they they're everybody's fine um but uh uh typically yeah everyone records like three very different takes and then directing on this show is like ray said it's like you can't she can't really communicate with the actors but what she can do is create the scene out of all the different takes and and everything and that's that's what directing is on this show so it's like a it's like backwards directing um in a lot of ways and it's really uh, fun though because sometimes you have in your head from the script what you think it should sound like and then it comes out of the actor exactly how you thought it should sound it's just like yes this is beautiful this is perfect (laughs) yeah yeah and and sometimes you have to you know sometimes you gotta create a a take Uh, sometimes (laughs) sometimes you gotta take two different takes one where you like the beginning and one where you like the end (laughs) and you gotta splice those together to turn it into the performance you wanted it to be um but uh you know i i think that I don't, I've never had any complaints from cast um, so far <laughs> about a take that we, we chose. So I think we've got a really good team of directors and Ray is definitely one of, one of them. Um, so I always give her the, uh, the, uh, the squidgy episodes. I, the, <laughs> the ones with, with something that I'm like, okay, I know this episode needs to happen for character development reasons, but, but it's problematic. It's problematic. <laughs> so you need to have this so that at least, at least there's a, a female perspective on it somewhere, please. A female, queer, gender, yes, non-conforming right. yes, perspective. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Um, of course. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, a different perspective than <laughs> what I have. Um, so yeah, uh, well, I, always, I always give Ray uh, these episodes. Um, Ray previously directed, of course, um, the fourth story arc, the Gibson-centric one. Um, so yeah, Ray's, Ray's been getting uh, those episodes. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, maybe, maybe uh, if I can, I can get them to direct an episode uh, this season, um, then uh, maybe maybe Ray will uh, direct like one that isn't uh, <laughs> so squiggy. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think we have any like kind of like squiggy episode because we we have a goal um, to get to the mm-hmm. end. Uh, so I, I haven't had a lot of time to do anything that like I want to comment on this thing. Um, so uh, <laughs> if if Ray gets to direct an episode, which I I, I hope they do, but. Um, if Ray, if Ray yes, directs please. an episode. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, good. We didn't talk about this, but yeah, you should direct No, episode. I'm like, 
Give me, give me, give me, give me. Okay. All right. Good. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> definitely uh, 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 Ray will have a normal episode, a quote unquote normal. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. So uh, this question's for Morgan. Um, when you listen back on the episodes, um, you know, jumping off of that point about directing and choosing those lines, putting them together, uh, what do you think about when you hear what specific like takes were chosen? Like, are you surprised at what ended up in the final product and how things? Yeah, were put when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, I I don't suck, like, because <laughs> 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 recording, especially if you're by yourself. I mean, a lot before Scott moved, I had the privilege of being able to record with Scott, so he could be there with me and like help direct me while I was recording. But were you there with me for this one? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like super like hard on myself, I guess. And it's like recording is really hard, especially being like primarily a stage actor, like that being the bulk of what I've done. Like Scott constantly has to be like, yo, you're not on the stage. <laughs> um, so yeah, when I hear it all put together, it kind of blows my mind. I don't know how you guys do it. That's intense. I mean, it's enough for me to even come up with like three takes and I don't know how you go through those and put them together. And it's beautiful, really. But when I listen to it, I'm just very pleased. I have, so many, I have so many recordings of Morgan uh, of being like, how do you want me to say this? And me being like, like this. And then she'll be like, she'll do it. And then she'll be like, I feel so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so many of that. Cause she just doesn't. We just need a whole blooper thing. of yeah. Morgan. Oh, like, uh. oh, yeah. blooper reel would be excellent. I yeah. would love that if I, if I had, you know, just endless amounts of time to go right, through. Exactly. <laughs> just to listen to me being like, Oh shit. <laughs> Let me do yeah. that. Yeah, so uh, earlier, uh, Scott, you mentioned table reads. And table reads are something that we haven't really talked about on the show. So I'm interested to hear about, um, like, who goes to a table read? How, where in the process is a table read done compared to, like, the writing and the actual release of the episode? Uh, So the table read is basically done for two reasons. One, so that everybody can, like, kind of get, chemistry and and know like how like how other people are probably going to perform stuff so that they know how to perform it when they're alone and recording their lines um but basically we write a script and we release it to the cast and then we usually schedule the table read within like two weeks after releasing the the script um and the idea yeah the idea of the table read is just that it's the it's the chemistry stuff and then it's also um a an excuse to make sure that everyone has read the script before they start recording their lines because <laughs> um, uh, uh, actors have a bad habit of being like, what are my lines? Okay, I'll just read those. And then uh, sometimes it works out great. And then other times you get those lines and you're like, you don't know what this episode's about, do you? <laughs> um, and so the, the table read is helpful for that. Um, but uh, in general, the people who come, it's like the main cast, um, anyone who can, we try to accommodate them to show up. Uh, but, you know, you don't want to waste anybody's time that only has like two or three lines um, in mm-hmm. an episode because that's a lot of work to like schedule and um, show up and everything. But uh, typically, yeah, it's, it's whoever, you know, whoever can show up and whoever has, um, you know, the heavy lifting to do in that particular uh, script 
um, probably needs to be there, and we'll usually schedule it more around them um, than uh, than some of the other cast members. And uh, yeah, like we've got one. Um, this is coming out. This is coming out. This episode that you're listening to is coming out the day that we're doing our next table read. So um, we have one of those uh, happening today for a, for an episode for uh, the new season. So. Um, which I'm right. not invited to, and I get to listen to it with everybody else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, do, do you make any changes to the script based on these table reads? Uh, like, do you find something during these, these reads sometimes? Yeah, sometimes. Um, you know, sometimes uh, an actor will just be like struggling with a line and I'll, I'll like, you know, try and rewrite it. I'll take note of that and rewrite it to be, so it's not such a, I don't know, like a puzzle to get out of their mouth. Um, Cause you know, it's like, uh, who, who was that that said that? Was it Harrison Ford? Like you can write this shit, George, but we have to say it. Um, <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> um, this next one's for Matt. Um, I'm interested to know, uh, you know, I have this being your first time on Beyond Geek by Night, but Elliot being such a, a major character in the show, what is your favorite part about working on Geek by Night, like the process of working on Geek by Night? Oh, oh man. So I'm going to kind of echo part of what Morgan was talking about because, yeah, it's just easy to, when you're alone, to have all that hypercritical, I don't, not necessarily negative, but I think I have like, like an idea of like, yeah, I want to do this and it's going to be like that. And then I record it. I'm like, man, that was not, that wasn't it. So I usually do. I mean, you guys can probably attest that. See the, the video files, audio files. I do like many, many takes of everything almost. And, but just over, so overcoming that, that like mental barrier of it's like, it's okay. You can do it. And, uh, and also getting used to, so I'm in, apartment, in an apartment, and just if I can hear a neighbor, either above or below, it makes me like really self-conscious too. It's like, I'm doing my line, don't listen to me. You're not doing the product yet. No, you can't do it. And I will even tell my, I'll like give these like sound-canceling headphones to my wife, like, hey, listen to some music. I'm going to record some lines. Yeah. <laughs> so... So that's good, but I think it's good to lean into that and to um, just push into it long enough to overcome that discomfort and then kind of feel that groove, and then it's good after that. So that's probably my least favorite, then grows to most favorite part of <laughs> working on it. Uh, what about you, Ray? Because you have multiple roles on the show and, yes. and are, are very involved. So uh, what, what is your favorite part about working on the show? I mean, I really love doing all of it. Like, I know that's really cheesy to say, but I really do. I mean, at, at this point, you know, I've since I, I've been on since pretty much the beginning, so I'm really super invested in it. And I love Gwen. I love playing her. Um, she's very close to my heart. I'm sure I've told this joke before um, where I was playing uh, – Geek by night on a road trip with my friend and uh, Gwen was described as the lesbian with anxiety. And my friend just looks at me and goes, Oh, so she's you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am very personally attached to her, but I, I do love directing. Cause I love having a hand in, 
you know, getting to help shape it. And I, I really can't pick which I like better. <laughs> um, yeah. Ray's been this show's probably biggest cheerleader. Um, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's been like from the very beginning, I think, uh, you know, Ray, Ray has been around and um, during the dark times, uh, they were one of the only people who would keep bugging me about it. <laughs> like, yeah, remember that? <laughs> What's that? And also, the thing, the thing we used to do. Yeah. And also, also uh, they, they would be excited about every step in the thing. Like, I, you know, when, when Tofty and I were doing the, the comic book, Ray was like, I want to read it. I'm excited about this. Yay, Geek by Night. And when I was going to do uh, this as like a, a pilot or like a, like a, a, a film script, um, Ray was like, send me every draft. Like, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ray, Ray is like, the, like this show's biggest fan. I take my fandoms very seriously, and this is absolutely <laughs> one of my fandoms. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I, I like... Uh, you know, watching or listening to stuff where the people who work on it are fans of it. And I think that comes off a lot with this show. You can just tell that everybody's excited to be involved. Mm -hmm. Uh, So um, this question is kind of for everybody. I'm interested to know if you have anything, uh, anything else to share about this episode. Like it's something that maybe the listeners uh, wouldn't get just from listening to the episode. I was so excited about, all of the Mindy and Simon stuff that in real life, I was like, is there a Simon out there for me? Like, is there? (laughs) I know. It was just like the cutest ever. And I like totally was all hard eyes about it in like real life and totally felt that shit and wanted a Simon because it was so cute. (laughs) Um, OTP. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it though never found my Simon guess I should log off now <laughs> <laughs> there's a Simon out there for everybody <laughs> right there there really is <laughs> um, I am curious about uh, how Mel- Matt felt about what Elliot went through in this episode uh, and, and what, what, what we put him through especially in the back half of the season because um, Elliot's gone through a lot <laughs> He's gone through the ringer. Yeah. Past Seriously. You want to know what I feel? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was really great. A really good thing to do to Elliot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he deserved it. If Elliot hadn't gone through that, we wouldn't have, like, you know, Gibson being there for him and kind of yeah. see this other side of other people and it, you know that really bridging that separation between the two characters when the show, when the season first starts. Yeah, I do. I do like that. It's, it's just always interesting when you, if you take a character and bring them down a lot and then they're like Elliot is effectively not really giving much to anyone. So hardly at all. And uh, yeah, but to have like Gibson come in or just, just see what, how people are truly trying to, get back into his life. That's it's, it's a fun, it's a fun way to explore the character. And, um, how you can, you, I guess I always feel like you learn so much about characters too, based on how the other people, other characters treat them and how they like that kind of relationship. So yeah, I really, I, I like that. I, I like, um, 
I like people trudging through the swamp of their of their life yeah. <laughs> trying to make it out, but just <laughs> it's a it's always good. Yeah. yeah. Ray, Ray, how how did you uh, go about tackling what was happening in this, and what were your thoughts on it when you first <sighs> read the script? Oh, it's really painful. It's yeah. really painful because there's it is a very dubious situation going on between him and the delivery girl, who I am so sorry I have forgotten the name. Mark. <laughs> um, but yeah, they you want to keep it in a realm where it's still like you understand his actions, but you also understand that they're not okay mm-hmm. without necessarily demonizing him for his choices, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like walking a tightrope to, I tried to keep him as like understandable as possible while still acknowledging like this girl is not really here only partially here because she wants to be right it's because of his powers yep yeah yeah Yeah. it was definitely a fine line in the script of just sort of uh and like the breaking of the story of just sort of trying to figure out because you don't because you can make that so dark and you don't <laughs> want to do that. Um, and so, it, you know, just the idea of binging a show together is just <laughs> like the least insidious version of this. But also knowing that so, she doesn't really want to be there, you know? Yeah. Like the undertones of it and how real it is for a lot of females, I think, is, mm-hmm. I mean, even though, yeah, like it's lighthearted and yeah, like we want to be. But also, track. I think a lot of, a lot of, uh, women and um, other people know what it's like to not leave a situation. Even if it's not overtly dangerous, there's still a level of discomfort and staying with that discomfort mm-hmm. out of politeness or perceived, like, I don't want anything to go wrong. Right. Um, you know, I don't want to set him off because you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But and then you have the superpower element lumped in there. Right. So that just gives like it an extra whole, level. Yeah. All of the layers. Because, yeah, we know why he's hurting, but we also know more than he does about the truth about Gretchen and things like that yeah. after the, the reveal at the end of Ghost Story. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there is a lot to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot, and I just wanted to do it justice. You did. For sure, yeah. And yeah, it's it's great because... Uh, kind of like Matt said, it, it uses that sort of dark place where Elliot finds himself to bring about these other moments. Because, I mean, at the end of the episode, Elliot's standing under a speaker that's falling and he's just kind of like ready to go. And he's just at like the absolute lowest uh, lowest he can be. And then, you know, his friend comes and saves him and um, you get these really cool moments out of it despite... Um, despite the places that it went along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got a question for Natalie. Madison Powers has uh, powers of uh, absorbing strength and uh, energy of people around her. If you 
had drank the catalyst energy drink and were in McKinney City when the the accident happened, what would you want your superpowers to be? Oh man, uh, I think I've always wanted flying powers. I think that's like the the big one that I I definitely would like is uh, just the ability to just like hover, fly. Uh, I don't know if that would be maybe like a gravity, maybe I could make that into like a gravity <laughs> controlling power if I really want to get specially uh, <laughs> like nuanced with it so I can do as much as possible. But I think, I think that's always been my dream, my dream power for sure. <laughs> At this point though, I will take the energy. I have, I, I have fibromyalgia. So the idea of being able to take energy uh, to mm-hmm. use, I would take that. I would also mm-hmm. take that in a heartbeat, honestly. <laughs> And not be an evil energy vampire about it, but just like, you know, like someone's got a child that won't calm down and go to bed. I can help with that. I can use that. <laughs> just call me. <laughs> that puppy you have that won't leave you alone. Call yeah. me. <laughs> Kids screaming on an airplane. There's a lot of yeah. uses for this. Yeah. Oh, In a God. healthy way where it's for the good of society. I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> Uh, Morgan, would you keep Mindy's powers or would you oh, she, want other she, powers? Oh. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> I might tell people at Geek when I am like, yeah, and she can teleport, which is the coolest. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's fun. I feel like that would that's a very Mindy answer. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Matt? <clears throat> So many to choose from. Gosh, I don't. I don't think I would keep his powers. Man, I was something about like, what if I could just bounce or something? Like the gummy bears? Kind of like a bouncy ball. Jump from really high and not get hurt, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like that. Like not, not have to worry about getting hurt by getting like things running into me or, or falling. like a bungee bungee boy bungee boy yeah that would be cool or i think or that's one of my I... favorite powers i've heard somebody say. yeah that's really great yes so that or um oh gosh i don't know maybe being able to like <laughs> you know <laughs> do this kind of stuff um yeah, well, we'll stick with bouncing. Yeah, that's probably, probably peak, peak power. <laughs> <Bouncing>. <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, Ray, I'm I'm curious about your thoughts on Gwen's journey of of uh, distrust in this episode. Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, I really enjoy it because, I mean, I enjoyed playing it. I enjoyed editing it because I, it, it was kind of fun to have her go off on a little solo side mission with Victor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just this sense that something is wrong and if no one else is going to help her, she's going to go and do it herself. You're also one of the only, well, I, I, I mean, as of right now, you're the only director we have who's also a cast member. 
So I was just going to ask, what's it yeah. like directing yourself? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's cringy. It's so hard. <laughs> like, oh, God, that's what I sound like. <laughs> how how like, often have you gone back in while directing it and re-record a line? And because my lines? Yeah. It has happened. It has absolutely happened. I don't think it actually happens that frequently, but there's been a couple of times where I was just like, oh, no, 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 I got to fix this. <laughs> and no one will know. No one will know I turned in bad lines. <laughs> well, now we know. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Does anybody have any uh, final thoughts on these four awesome episodes? I'll say up to this point, I think from a sound design perspective, the thing I've been most proud of that I've ever done is the cold open to this story. Um, oh, with, in, in the simulator? Yeah, with the giant robots and, and all of that. Uh, because we wrote, I, we, that was written by um, Jake Baker, uh, one of the writers on this episode. And I, I got that and I was like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, wanted to, I wanted to try. So like, I didn't you know, ask, to, ask, ask it to be rewritten or anything like that. I, we just rolled with it. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't believe I pulled that off. I, to this day, I don't know how I did that. Uh, I don't know what sounds I was combining to make all of that happen, but um, <laughs> I'm really proud of how it turned out. Yeah, because there's even like a phone call, and multiple phone calls on top of it. And mm-hmm. it's very cool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I did that, but I was, <laughs> I, I, I was extremely proud of that. It took me days. It's probably the scene that, I just took the longest to sound design, I think in the series history up to this point. Um, I don't, I don't think any other scene took as long as that scene uh, for me to uh, create. So I'm very proud of that one. But it's a fun way to come back. You know, the first time I listened to this episode, I, I didn't know that they had a simulator of that fidelity. So I just assumed like we jumped in and they were fighting a, a giant robot controlled by a crazy guy and, uh, you know, we knew all their powers and stuff and just kind of assumed, you know, this is this is where they were when we came in. Why so. not roll with it? <laughs> yeah. Come out in a big way. And, yeah. Very fun. All right, y'all. I think that's all the time that we have for today. Uh, I want to thank, again, all of my guests today, Scott, Ray, Morgan, Matt, Natalie, for joining me. And thank you to all of you, the fans, the underdogs, for listening. If you'd like to support the show, please join the Dueling Genre Patreon at duelinggenre.com support. You can also tell your friends, families, and followers to subscribe to Geek by Night on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever else you get your podcasts. And stay tuned for the next round of episodes, the four-part release of Friends and Enemies. Thanks for going to Beyond Geek by Night with us. I will see you next time.